0: Hey, good to see everyone. Um, Turn to Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, and we are going to be uh, looking at one one verse, mainly, um, from verses 42 to 47. And so I'm going to read the whole um, passage, that whole section, uh, but then we're going to spend most of our time... Um, in verse 42, um, and we're going to be looking at a few others as well. Um, as um, Josh said, if you guys are hot, all right, feel free to move around, all right? Like, find shade. Also, we have water over there through those stores in the refrigerator, and um, you can go grab one as well, so you don't dehydrate and you know, it could end really bad for you. And so make sure you take every, (laughs) you do everything you can. Um, also quickly, just a quick announcement. Um, we, we want to, so what we're doing is putting together, um, a documentary for our church, um, kind of like a, Um, Something that explains what our church is. And so in the coming weeks, you're going to see some of our team filming. Um, And so wanted to just prepare you, all right? Not so that you can look all snazzy. Uh, I mean, that's fine. But just wanted to prepare you so that if you see people kind of filming and doing stuff, you're not distracted. You may be, but they are doing something right and good for us as a church. Yeah, cool. All right. Um, Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, um, to the breaking of bread. um, To the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. Um, They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day um, those who were being saved. Let's pray, God. um, Thank you for your word. Thank you for your scriptures. God, as we seek to discover what you've called us to, God, make it clear. And God, I pray specifically that our time together will truly make a difference in our lives. Only you can do it. And so God, I pray that your spirit will move in all of our hearts, would illuminate your word and would inspire us um, to make decisions and live out these truths um, in our lives. We thank you for all the help you provide. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, what What took place after Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension was unbelievable. Um, in the first part of Acts 2, kind of we're reading the last part of Acts 2 and focusing on it, but in the first part, Uh, What happens after Jesus ascends to heaven is that the Holy Spirit arrives on the scene. Uh, The gospel is preached by Peter. And what happens after that is crazy. 3,000 individuals trust in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They're all baptized in his name and then identify themselves as his followers. And so this crazy, incredible event was swiftly followed by the birth of the church, and that is what we've currently read, okay? Before everything we read, that was what was happening. Peter preaches the gospel, tons of people get saved, and then now the church, a church family. Our passage for today, which is the last section of Acts, begins to do this. It begins to describe um, the life of the early church, and it begins to show us how they related to God, all right? And how they related to one another and how they were on mission, all right? Um, We've been studying the book of Acts since the beginning of last year and what we're seeing here, okay, at the beginning of this new church, we're going to see throughout the book of Acts. What's crazy is this, all right? It's crazy to think That our church right here, King's Cross Church in San Diego, is affiliated with this early church. Think about it. Our history as a church can be traced back to this early church in Jerusalem. This reality blows me away every time I stop to think about it our church king's cross church exists to be a church just like the church in acts they were a church family on mission with jesus this also is our goal our purpose this is why we exist we exist to be just like them just like that church to be a church family on mission with Jesus. And so last week, what we did was we embarked, we started a sermon series with the purpose of understanding exactly what we mean when we say we're a church family on mission with Jesus. We started by looking at the first part of our vision, okay, the idea that we're a church family and in doing this, this is what we discovered. We discovered that a, a, a church, a church family, is not um, a, a club, right? Um, a church family It's not an organization, but a church family is actually, okay? If we're looking at the reality of this, it's actually um, a people saved by Jesus who now relate to God, okay, the God of the universe, as father and to each other as brothers and sisters. And so last week we started talking about, man, that's just crazy to think that anyone here who professes to be a Christian is actually your brother or sister in Christ. And so last week we gained an understanding of who we are this week this is what i want us to do i want us to look at what we value our distinctives our beliefs the things that shape sorry the things that give shape and substance to everything we do and these are the things we believe that affirm the fact that we're a church family. Because if these things I'm about to talk about, if they don't exist in our church, if we don't have this attitude and mindset and we're not involved in these practices, we cannot call ourselves a church family, okay? We might as well call ourselves something else, like a bridge club or something. Our passage for this morning, which is a snapshot of the life of the early church, provides us with these set of values and beliefs that give shape and substance to everything we do. And so, as a church family, the question is, what are these things? What are these beliefs that shape um, everything we do? First, we believe that scripture is sufficient. We believe that scripture is sufficient. Look at verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Stop right there. And so, um, if you don't know, I'm just going to explain to you that the apostles were basically Jesus' disciples. These men, what they did was that they left their families, their hometowns, and their careers so that they could dedicate their life to following and learning from Jesus. And for several years, what he did was they followed Jesus and witnessed him do this, witnessed him teach with profound authority. Um, they saw him do a ton of miracles, like turn water to wine, walk on water, feed thousands of people, raised the dead, cast out demons. Time and time again, Jesus proved to them that he was truly the Messiah, um, the, the, the son of the living God. The apostles were Jesus' closest companions when he was on earth, and they became his instruments to build and lead his church and advance his gospel after his resurrection and ascension. And so you could say that these apostles, these disciples were really important men. They were kind of like the celebrities (laughs) of the Christian community. They were important men who had unique authority given to them by Jesus to lead the building of his church. But surprisingly, this new Christian community, thousands of people, were devoted not to the apostles themselves, but to what they were teaching. They were basically enthusiastic students of the word of God as it came through the apostles they possessed a relentless devotion to the scriptures because they believed that the scriptures that is god's word or the bible is sufficient And what is true for the early church in the first century is also true for us as a church family in the 21st century. As a church family on mission with Jesus in San Diego, guess what? We believe that scripture is sufficient. That's why during our Sunday services, we approach the sermon as a high point of our gathering. That's why we're committed to preaching verse by verse through books of the Bible. Okay, we're not just doing it because it's fun. Right? We are taking, as we've been going through Acts every week, we take a, 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 a chunk or a chapter, or a few verses, and, and we study what it means and what it talks about and what it means to us and everything like that. We, we do it because we believe God's word is sufficient. The other reason why our community groups and every time we gather, we center um, our time on God's word is because we believe God's word is sufficient. We don't gather to hear our own opinions about a topic. We don't need to hear someone's take on the latest news and trends We get together to hear from God through Scripture, because like the early church, we believe Scripture is what? I can't hear you. Thank you. We live in an age... (coughs) Give me a sec. That could have gotten really far. I hope this works. We live in an age of information overload. Every day we're bombarded with messages on podcasts, billboards, magazines, best selling books, random phone calls, random voicemails, who gets them? Selling some sort of insurance. right? We're bombarded by emails, text messages, YouTube videos, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. Every day and every moment of the day, many voices and messages aim to get into our minds and our hearts. There's so much noise out there. There's so many voices and opinions. We are offered a feast of information all day, every day. We live in an age Of information overload and so as a church family because we believe scripture is sufficient because we believe the pages of the Bible contain the very words of God his thoughts his heart and the truth about who he is and what he desires from our lives Because we believe God wrote a book called the Bible and the Bible contains the very words of God, we will give more attention to the Bible than anything else so that God's voice becomes the loudest and the clearest amid this age of information overload and noise. Why? Because we believe everything God has to say in scripture is sufficient for us as a church family. The second belief we have that gives shape and substance to everything we do is this, that we believe our gatherings are essential. We believe our gatherings are essential. Look at verse 42 again. It says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. Stop there and go down and read verse 46. It says, and day by day, attending a temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. What this basically is saying that the early church were not only devoted to scripture, but also to fellowship, to regularly gathering together. And as a church family, King's Cross Church, we believe that our gatherings, all of our gatherings, okay, whether it's our Sunday service in person or online or community groups during the week are essential. The expectation is this for every single one of us is that we would prioritize gathering together with our brothers and sisters in our church. It should be a priority for you. Um, Every time we have someone new visit our church and I get a chance to speak to them um, and, 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 you know, they're talking about they kind of just moved into the area and they're looking for a church. One of the things I encourage them is don't prolong the process of finding a church and getting plugged in and involved. All right. Like it doesn't like we would love for you to get plugged into our church. But even if you don't want to, we will help you find a church because we believe that as a Christian, it's essential, it's vital for you to be in regular fellowship with other believers. It's 2021, believe it or not. And we're still living with the pandemic. It's hard and it's frustrating continuing to live in this season of unknowns. But one thing, all right, it's just not just the season of knowns, but it just seems like, the whole world is falling apart, okay? I think it's been falling apart, right? But we're just more exposed to it now. We just are. And it's been a crazy year. A lot to be sad about, but I would say personally, one of the things I'm super thankful for is the fact that some of you, not only... um, have displayed a strong desire to gather, but you have been consistent in gathering with your church family, whether it's we've had to do the whole online thing or whether it's now where we're able to meet, but we meet outside and sometimes it's really hot, but we have to wear masks and there's so many restrictions, like we can't have coffee available for everyone. Alright, and pastries, we can't have that. All of, we can't, and there are restrictions, and there are things that are not part of our normal way of gathering on a Sunday. But I am thankful, despite all the seemingly disadvantages we've had. You know, so happy to see so many of you be consistent in gathering um, during the week when we have Zoom. Community groups. It's you know it started off well where we were all like oh man I can just kind of get home and log on and I don't need to drive anywhere um, and I can be part of community groups. But you know it's ten months now and we're still gathering on Zoom. But I am incredibly thankful that despite Zoom fatigue and the many disadvantages of meeting on Zoom and Zoom and digitally, many of you have shown consistency. But If I can be honest, some of you here may have been weak in this area. Our gatherings, whether in person or online, are essential. And you may say, yes, I believe it. I believe our gatherings are essential. But your lack of involvement communicates otherwise. And so if your commitment to gathering has been consistent, awesome. You are an amazing example of what it looks like to prioritize the gathering with other believers. You are a great example, and we're incredibly thankful for you. But if your commitment to gathering has been inconsistent, my question to you right now is why? Why haven't you prioritized gathering with your church family? And you may have a good excuse for why you haven't. There are legitimate excuses. But for some of you, you may have a good excuse for why you haven't been showing up to our in-person gatherings or why you haven't been attending community groups on via Zoom. But the question I want you to seriously consider is this, is your excuse good enough? Do you view the regular gathering with God's people to hear from God through his scriptures as an essential part of your life? Is it a priority for you? Or has it declined in importance to you? Christianity is not meant to be practiced alone, but in community. It's not just about you and Jesus. Jesus is my homeboy, man. It's just me and Jesus navigating through the world. No, it's not just you and Jesus. No, it's about you, Jesus, and other believers. And as a church family, we're called to gather with other believers often because the regular gathering of the people of God under the leadership of God appointed pastors who faithfully lead with love and minister God's word is vital for every professing believer. We believe our gatherings are essential. And so, if you're here and your involvement, has been inconsistent. May you seek God and as you do, may He reveal to you more and more the importance and the necessity of regularly getting together with other believers. As a church family, the thing we believe, one of the other things we believe that gives shape and substance to everything we do is that Jesus is everything. In fact, we're obsessed with Jesus. And the gift... And regular practice of communion explains why we believe Jesus is everything. Look at verse 42 again. It says, and they devoted themselves not only to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, but also to the breaking of bread. Stop there. The term breaking of bread here refers to the Lord's Supper. That is communion. In other places of Acts, actually in this section, it's later going to um, talk about the whole idea of breaking bread in people's homes. Um, In some places in Acts, it means the idea of getting together with people and sharing a meal with them. But right here, um, breaking of bread refers to the Lord's Supper, also known as communion. Communion, is this, it was established by Jesus for all believers to practice often in remembrance of him. And so what we do when we partake in communion is that we remember what Jesus has accomplished for us through his death. Communion is also a time for us to get right with God by confessing sin and taking the necessary steps towards repentance. And finally, every time we gather together and reflect on Jesus' death for our sins through communion, what we're doing is actually proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. We look forward to Jesus' second coming. Communion, it's all about Jesus' death on the cross This is what the bread and the wine represent. Yes, it's gruesome, okay? Because it looks back to Jesus' horrific death. But more importantly, it's good news because his death and his resurrection is the reason our sins are forgiven and we have eternal life. And the reason God is now our father and we're brothers and sisters is because of Jesus' death and resurrection. Jesus is the reason we're a church family. You cannot be part of our church family if you are not saved, if you have not trusted and believed in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You just cannot. And as a church family, this is exactly why we believe Jesus is everything. This is why we're obsessed with Jesus. We're obsessed with Jesus because He's the answer to everything. We're obsessed with Jesus because it's through Jesus that we now have um, a a, 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 a legit relationship with the God of the universe. And we just don't have any kind of relationship with the God of the universe. We we have a relationship with God. We relate to him as father. And that's incredible. And it's because of Jesus that we are brothers, and sisters. The fourth thing we believe that gives shape and substance to everything we do is that prayer is effective. Look at verse 42 again. And they devoted themselves not only to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, but also to the breaking of bread and the prayers. They devoted themselves to prayer this devotion was relentless. What it basically means is that they prayed a lot and they prayed about everything. A healthy church is a praying church. Prayer is at the heart of our relationship with God and for this reason, the early church were devoted to prayer because they believed prayer is effective. after a turbulent year most people I know couldn't wait to say goodbye to 2020 but 2021 has not brought the relief most of us were expecting recently there's been a spike in COVID-19 cases that has devastated families forced businesses to close and some countries like England right we have family there that are just they've just had enough England is back in lockdown and it's cold and there's no opportunities for outdoor activities and so they're stuck at home and it's been incredibly difficult and then if all of that wasn't bad enough on Wednesday Wednesday As most of you know, pro-Trump supporters did the unthinkable and stormed Capitol Hill in protest against the election results. What happened on Wednesday did this. It set in motion hostility across the nation. And yesterday, right here in our neighborhood of Pacific Beach, okay, not too far from here, right here in our city in this neighborhood pro-trump supporters and counter protesters clashed violently and some of you may have seen that the videos it was i was up here i study here by the way at the club studying and um there's a yoga studio yoga organization that meets here and you know i'm one of the girls that kind of sets up and tears down and um, she came up to me and she was like, have you heard what's happening in Pacific Beach? And I was like, no, I haven't. And she said, yeah, like there's been these clashes and it's got violent, it's um, pro-Trump um, um, supporters and these counter um, um, protesters, they're all coming together. And so I went online and you should see some of the videos. It was crazy, it was right on our doorstep. As a church family, how should we respond? what should we say? What can we do? What books and articles and videos can we watch um, to help us know how to react to everything going on? These were some of the questions I was wrestling with and I've been wrestling with from Wednesday um, as I read articles and read how people are reacting to everything going on and as I, I did i i <laughs> i found myself anxious frustrated and honestly not knowing how to respond um we we you know just over and over again there's just intense hostility there's Um, or or the pandemic everything and we've seen and heard it so much sometimes we can become desensitized to it but in my case I was just like what else needs to be said how how can I encourage the church how 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 what how should we respond as a church I I, you know I was confused but thankfully I've got some amazing leaders um that work alongside that I work alongside and as we um thought through this about what we should do. We just thought, we need to pray. And I have to admit, when we kind of began to tilt towards that conclusion, I just said, prayer? Prayer feels like a cop-out. It's like, can't we do anything? Can't we say anything? Why do we need to pray? But the more We thought about it, the more we realized, or I realized in myself, that I don't value prayer enough. I think prayer is not as effective as it is. is. Ian Bounds, who was one of many men who was known for his exceptional prayer life, Uh, He's also known to write 11 books, and nine of them are about prayer. So the guy understands what prayer is, and he practiced prayer in his life, all right? This is what he wrote. Talking to men for God is a great thing, but talking to God for men is greater still, King's Cross Church, like the early church and like Scripture continually exhorts us, what if we made prayer a priority? What if our first response to current affairs was to pray rather than speak? What if our response to the next breaking news was to speak to God about it rather than vent our frustrations on social media? May we grow in our belief of the effectiveness of prayer, that prayer is not a cop-out or the easy route. But prayer actually makes a significant difference. And so during our service earlier, and Josh led us in a word of prayer, know that that was powerful. Praying for the government, praying for people, praying for leaders. That is having a significant impact on everything going on. Prayer is effective and we we could spend hours talking about it we haven't got hours but i just pray and hope that god through his spirit will inspire us to pray more In 2010, Eleanor and I, my wife and I arrived in Los An- Angeles from London with just four suitcases so that I could study at the master's seminary for my master's of divinity degree. As we exited the crazy busy LAX airport and were amazed by blue skies, palm trees, school buses, cop cars, in and out restaurants, there's no way we could have known or guessed that 10 years later, we would start a church in the city of San Diego. Back then, our goal was simply to get through seminary as quickly as possible so that we can go back to our hometown of London, England, not London, Canada, to, um, and to start a church there but in 2015 our desire for London kind of dwindled and we began to um, really explore the possibility of starting a church in Southern California. And that was daunting to us honestly because all of our family and friends are in London and knowing that if we stayed here we would you know we wouldn't have the contact that we had with them. It was daunting but the more we looked around us at the need, for gospel-centered, Bible-preaching, Jesus-loving, Spirit-empowered churches, the more we were like, God, if you want to use us here, we are open. As we pursued this new vision, God was gracious to provide us with training for what he called us to. And we spent several years gaining experience in LA and then several months training in Chicago. It was cold in Chicago. Oh my goodness. And just before we moved to San Diego in the summer of 2018, we were in Arizona. It was hot over there. For six months doing a residency, God was faithful and has been to what he has called us to he provided us with the necessary training and relationships so that nearly three years ago along with several gifted faithful jesus loving people we were able to launch king's cross church a church in the pacific beach la jolla area that exists to be a church family or mission with Jesus. We are a church family that believes God actually wrote a book called the Bible and that people are radically changed in hearing its truths proclaimed as the very words of God. We are a church family made up of Jesus followers from all backgrounds, right? Look around you. We're all just, we come from different backgrounds and look at us, we're just here. We're here following Jesus together in unity. It's amazing. We're a church family made up of people from all different backgrounds that make it our priority to gather together to grow in our knowledge of who God is. We are a church family that believe God God actually listens when we pray and that he hears the pleas of his people and powerfully moves in response. We are a church family that is obsessed with who Jesus is and what he's done for us through his death and resurrection. These are our pillars. These are our core values. We're a church family because we believe scripture is sufficient We believe gatherings are essential. We believe prayer is effective. We believe Jesus is everything. It is these beliefs that give shape and substance to everything we do when we make a decision the fact that we're gathering and the way we preach and strategies and all of that all of these don't come from the creative ideas of um someone okay it all comes from god and the point and purpose of prayer, the point and purpose of scripture, the point of purpose of our gatherings, the point and purpose of everything we do, everything we want to devote ourselves to is to point to who God is and to give us a knowledge of who he is. And the more we know God, the more we understand who he is and all of that, the better we're able to relate to each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. And so Kings Cross Church, may our passion and our devotion for scripture, for prayer, for fellowship, and for Jesus, may it never weaken. May it continue to be fueled by God and his grace. And so, next week, what we're going to do is look more at how these beliefs actually influence the way we relate to God and to each other. But until then, let me lead us in a word of prayer so that we can continue worshiping God. Let's pray. God, thank you so much. There's so much more to be said. And so, God, I pray that through your Spirit, you would inspire us, God. Um, God, give us a passion for your Word, for your Bible. Help us to grow, um, to desire and love your Word more than food even. God, help us to continue to uh, be intimate with you and to speak with you and hear from you in prayer. God, help us to take seriously and understand how necessary it is for us to gather with other believers on a regular basis. And God, I just pray that you would continue to keep us obsessed with your son, Jesus Christ. May he show himself. And so, Jesus, we ask that you would reveal yourself more and more to us. And may this Sunday make a significant difference in our lives in how we view the local church and in how we view what our role is in the church. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.